in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the Coptic month, Hatur. And the readings of Sunday have a certain theme. First month, the month of Tut, the Church speaks about the love of God the Father. Second Sunday, the Church speaks about, second, sorry, month, the month of Baba, the Church speaks about the power of God. So first month, the power of God, love of God, second month, the power of God. The third month, Hatur, the Church speaks about the gifts of God. Gifts of God. And the greatest gift that God gave us when he sent his Son to save us. This is the greatest gift, that God gave his Son and sent his Son to the world to save us. Especially during the month of Hatur, we start the Nativity Fast. So the Church preparing us to receive this gift, the gift of the Incarnation of the Son of God in our life. And the Son is the Word of God. The Son is the Word of God. That's why the first Sunday of Hatur the church speaks to us about the parable of the sower and the seeds. And as the Lord interpreted the parable, the seed represent the word of God. So while God actually is sending his son, his word to the world, the church is preparing us through the parable of the sower, you know, how we should receive the word of God in our heart. So the church actually repeated this parable in the first and second Sunday to explain to us in the first Sunday the different types of land, the different type of soil, which represent the different type of hearts. In order to receive God in your heart, in order to be united, then you need to have a good soil to be united with Christ and to receive the gifts of the Incarnation in your life. So, in the first Sunday, the Church speaks about the different type of soil. In order to tell you, did you prepare your heart to receive the Word of God, the incarnated Word of God in your heart, and let Him dwell in your heart, or not? Then the Church repeats the same parable again, but for another purpose on the second Sunday, which is, what is your role to prepare your heart? You need to remove the rocks. You need to remove the thorns. You need to water the the word. You need to take care of it in order, and to be patient in order to bear fruit. So what is the indication that your heart is a good soil? when you bear fruit, when you bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold.
Then today, actually, the third Sunday, the church speaks about discipleship. Christ came, God sent his son to the world in order to make us disciples. Disciples. And disciple in Arabic means tilmiz. And there are actually three words in English, we can translate them to tilmiz in Arabic pupil or a student or disciple. And these three words actually differs in the way of learning. Pupil like the pupil of the eye. So the learning here is just by passive receiving of the information. The primary school kids, they sit in the class and the teacher teaches them and they just memorize and receive without doing any effort. Like the pupil of the eyes, he receives the information. That's what we call teaching by feeding. So the teacher feeds the pupils the information, the knowledge. It's like how, you know, our pupil, the pupil of the eye, receives the the images and make it uh, like on the retina uh, an image so we can see things around us. Student learn by studying. So the student beside he receives information and knowledge but he goes to the lab, uh, he does experiment, he goes to the library, he makes research. That's what we call studying. So he is called a student. But the Lord, when he came, he did not make pupils or students. He made disciples. Disciple from the word discipline. The word discipline. So the Lord actually disciplined us in order to shape us into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ into the likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the purpose of the incarnation, God sent his son to the world in order to be disciples, in order for all of us to be transformed into the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ. Now we have the incarnated son of God living among us. We see him, and then we should be shaped into this image, into this model. As St. Peter said, he left us, Jesus left us an example to follow his footsteps. So each one of us should be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Each one of us, in his decision, in his behavior, how he conduct himself, he should be in the likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is what discipleship means. And next week, the last week of Hatur, we will hear about the parable of the, not the parable, the story of the rich man. The Lord told him, go sell all what you have, give it to the poor and follow me. But he actually refused because he had a lot of money. So what are the obstacles of being a follower, being a disciple? There are obstacles. 
One of these obstacles is the love of money, as we will see next week in the life of the rich man. And because of the love of money, he refused to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So during the months of Hatur, in which we start the Nativity Fast, and the Church is preparing us for the Feast of Nativity, the, to celebrate the incarnation of the Logos, the Word of God. So the first Sunday about the different type of soil to receive the Word of God. Second uh, Sunday is what you need to do in order your soil, your heart, will be a good heart in order to bear fruit. Then the third Sunday, which, which is today, is about discipleship. Jesus came to the world in order to make us disciples. And as I explained, disciples mean to be in his likeness, not just to hold some information in your mind, but to be transformed into his likeness. And next Sunday will be about what are the obstacles that prevent us from being transformed into the likeness. Because some of us, the relationship with God is either like pupils or like students, not like disciples. Some of us, all the relationship with God, they come on Sunday, they listen to the liturgy, listen to the sermon, and that's it. It's like the, the pupils, they go to school, they listen to the information, they hold the information that they get, and that's it. But this is not the purpose of uh, being uh, making disciples. Maybe some will be will do more than just being pupils. Maybe when they go home, they read, they study, they search, they collect some information, they read spiritual books, and that's it. So they are not like the pupils, but they are students. They did some research and some studying, and they have some knowledge. If you ask them about the scripture, church fathers, commentary, they read commentary on the scripture, so they will answer. But this knowledge stopped here. It did not transform them. So they have the knowledge in their mind, but they don't live by it. There is no transformation in their life. But to be a disciple, the knowledge that you have and the information that you will collect should actually transform your life. So in order to know whether you are a good disciple or not, are you following the the image and the steps of the Lord Jesus Christ or not? If I am not in the image, if I am not growing to the image and the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ, who lived among us as a human being, then I'm not a disciple. A disciple means to have the likeness of Christ. And in the Gospel of today, the Lord told us three requirements for discipleship. In order to be a disciple, there are three requirements. The first requirement, he said, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. 
Maybe for the first time the word hate bothers us because the Lord is, is love, God is love. And he told us to honor our parents and to love one another. How come he is saying, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, hate his father and mother, wife, children, brother, sister, yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. The word hate here, we need to understand it according to the principle of the world. What the world is considered hatred. Because what the world is considered hatred, actually, in the dictionary of the children of God, is love. Let me give you an example to explain what I'm saying. There is a mother, her name is Dulagi. And this mother, during the time of martyrdom, in order actually to convince her to, to deny the Lord Jesus Christ, they told her, if you don't deny Christ, you and your children, actually, we will kill your children on your knees. And she had four children. And according to the world and the standard of the world, it's very, very difficult for a mother to accept to see her son or daughter being killed. But they brought the first uh, child and put him on her knees. And they killed him. And actually, they are waiting for Dulagi to deny the Lord Jesus Christ. But she was encouraging her children to accept the crown of martyrdom. And they did so with the second and the third and the fourth. And at the end, when they saw how her faith is very, very strong, and she did not yield, and she did not deny the Lord Jesus Christ, at the end, she was killed. And five of them received the crown of martyrdom. The same, ha- the same happened with St. Rebecca and her five children. The same, ha- the same happened with St. Damiana, when her father actually denied Christ in order to live. And she sent him a letter. I wish that you confessed Christ and being killed then to live while you are denying Christ. According to the world, this is not to love. She is saying to her father, deny Christ and be killed. But that's actually the true love because she cared more about his eternal life and his salvation. And Marcus, the father of Demiana, denied the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, confessed later on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was martyred. And then they came and killed Demiana and the 40 virgins with her. And during each, actually our time, maybe some of us will say, these are stories from the 4th century, like the martyrs of Libya. All of them, they were young in their 30s or early 40s. And they have young children. And all of them, they did not actually think to save their life for the sake of their families or their children, but they accepted the crown of martyrdom. That's actually an application for this word. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, 
brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Maybe uh, some people uh, from the world, they will say, uh, how these martyrs of Libya uh, did not save their life. Uh, they can deny Christ, and then later on they can uh, repent and accept Christ. But in order to save their life for the sake of their children, uh, do they hate their children? So what the world considered hatred, actually, in, in Christianity, that's the true love. Because they were seeking the a better resurrection. They were seeking the eternal life, the crown of martyrdom. So, where is God in my life? Is he a priority in my life or not? If I am a disciple to the Lord, is God a priority to me or not? Who, whom I put first when I make decisions, when I make choices, do I put God first before anything else or not? That's actually the first requirement of discipleship. The second requirement of discipleship, as the Lord said, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So the second requirement is to carry your cross and follow Jesus. The Lord Jesus Christ himself, he carried the cross for our sake. He suffered and he died on the cross and he shed his blood in order to save us. And in order to be glorified with him, we need to participate in his suffering. As we want to participate in his glory, we need to participate in his suffering. Many of us, they don't like the idea of suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, suffering, no one, no one likes suffering. So, yani, we are not sadistic people who like suffering. Definitely not. But if the suffering is the road to glory, then because of the glory, we will accept the suffering. Because it is the road to glory. And God actually made the suffering gift and has benefit in our life. As St. Peter says, he who suffers in the flesh sees from sin. Anyone when he gets sick, especially if a serious sickness, or uh, the first thing he, he thinks about it, repentance, and say, God, forgive me, uh, I, I, I repent. If I am healed, I will live the rest of my life to you. So suffering actually leads the person to repentance. The prodigal son, when he suffered because he did not find any food to eat, then he repented and he said, I returned to my father's house. So there are benefits of suffering. You know, the Lord took Peter and James and John to the Mount of Transfiguration where they saw the glory of God. And he took them also to Gethsemane and uh, Peter went to the court, but he did not go to the cross. John only went to the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of us actually will like Peter. We want to go to the mountain of transfiguration. As long as there is glory, we say it is good to be here. But if the Lord takes us to Gethsemane, where there is suffering, we will sleep, get lazy, we are not actually motivated to carry the suffering. And to the cross, 
we will reject. We will not actually go with him to the cross as Peter did not go to the cross. But it is a requirement if you want to be disciple, as you want to be glorified with Christ, then you need actually to carry your cross. And the third requirement, as the Lord said, uh, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be disciple. Forsake all what he has uh, mean to not to serve money as God. Money actually has very, very power impact on all of us. And some of us, we consider money as master. And they put their trust in money. If I have money, then I, I should not worry. I can solve any problem. But there is deception here. As they say, money can get you the most expensive bedroom, but cannot get you money sleep. Can get you the best physician and best uh, medicine, and but cannot give you health. It can give you the best and most expensive watch, but it will not give you life. And so, don't be deceived with the love of money. Don't be deceived and, and worship money as a master. Yes, we use money, but we should not worship money. That's why the church took this, the last part, love of money, for the next week. And uh, we will hear more about the love of money through the story of the rich man. Uh, the last part, actually, uh, I want to explain it because it's confusing in Arabic and in English. When the Lord said, salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dung hill, but men threw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. الملح جيد ولكن إذا فسد الملح فبماذا يصلح لا يصلح لأرض ولا لمزبلة فيطرحونه خارجا من له أزمان للسامع فليسمع كانت حكاية لا يصلح لأرض ولا لمزبلة ما كنتش فاهمها وهي الحاجة البيضة عندنا بنرميها في الزبالة فهو هنا بيقول لا يصلح لمزبلة يعني, يعني إيه إن الملح ما ينفعش نرميه في الزبالة طب خلاص فسد يعني أنا لو عندي كيس ملح وفسد هروح أرميه في الزبالة لكن الحقيقة إحنا في فرق بين الزبالة والقمامة The dung hill and trash There is difference الزبالة جاء من كلمة زبل اللي هو فضلات الطيور وده بيستخدم في السمات for fertilization سو كلمة مزبالة هنا مش الزبالة بمعنى اللي احنا فاهمينها بمعنى القمامة لكن كلمة زبالة هنا معناها السماد الدنج of the, the birds that used actually for fertilization and when they add salt to it it increased its fertilization but if the salt lost its flavor you cannot actually use it uh, to put it on the dung of the birds in order to increase its fertilization. So we, as the children of God, we are the salt. But if we lost our the, the image of Christ in us, if we lost the likeness of Christ, 
we cannot be used as fertilizer to increase the fruitfulness of the people around us. So we will not be used for anything. Rather, they will be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So in the conclusion of the gospel of today, the Lord explained to us that you are like the salt. Salt to protect people from corruption, to protect and preserve the people from corruption. That's Salt is like preservative. But and also it can increase the fertilization of, of the tongue, which means increase the fruitfulness of the people around us. But if we lost the flavor, means the likeness of Christ and other in, in our life, then we will not be prot- profitable for anything. So the gospel of today is about our discipleship. Are we true disciples? Do we have the image of Christ? Are we transforming to be in his image or not? This actually should be our meditation and reflection during this whole week, especially while we are fasting, the nativity fast, in order to be able to receive the word of God in our heart and to bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.